Have you ever found yourself facing a, a big life decision and just really wishing that God would, would give you a sign, show you which uh, choice to make or, or path to take, maybe in your career or in a relationship or, or with your finances? You, do, you just know the consequences of that decision are gonna have a big impact in your life. You know, in the 25 plus years that I've been a pastor, that has consistently been the number one question that people have asked. How can I know God's will for my life? How can I know what God wants me to do? In fact, over the last two months, as I have wrestled with the decision of the right time for us to regather as a church, I've certainly found myself looking for a, a burning bush or handwriting on the wall or a, a magic verse, you know, that'll just jump off the pages of scripture. And I'm still looking. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't speak to us through the supernatural. But what I am saying is rarely has that been the case in my life or in the life of most of the other Christians I know. And besides, what makes us think that if God gave us a sign, we would do what he called us to do? Because if you look throughout the pages of scripture, almost all the people that God gave a clear sign or direction to didn't just uh, hop right off and do what God says. They often uh, delayed or argued, like take Moses, for example, the guy who actually did get a burning bush. His response is not, yes, sir, on the way. His response was to argue with God about whether or not he was the right person to do what God called him to do. Or, or Jonah, right? God clearly tells Jonah, go to Nineveh. What does Jonah do? He hops on a boat going the exact opposite direction or take that great warrior for God, Gideon. You know, he asked God for a sign. God gives him a sign. How does he respond? He asked for another sign. See, I think the problem may not be a lack of guidance from God. I think maybe the problem is our resistance to the guidance that God gives because so oftentimes uh, God's guidance, it conflicts with our desires, our preferences or the things that we want to do or the places that we want to go. You know, for the last six weeks, we've been exploring together as a church family, the promises of God. And, and more importantly, we've been looking at how to anchor our lives to the unchanging promises of God in the midst of all of the changes that are going on around us. And so today I wanna wrap up that series by looking at God's promise of guidance, that God has promised to guide us in, through, over, and around the circumstances of our lives. And while we can find this promise throughout scripture, I think one of the places that it's most clearly articulated is in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 42. Now, a little bit of context here. For years, God has been guiding the nation of Israel through supernatural means, through the word of the prophet. He's been giving them direction. And even with all that direction from God, they, they've been rebelling. And so God is silent. In fact, God has been silent for a long time. And so now the nation of Israel is stuck. They don't know what to do, what direction to go in. 
And it's into that silence that God speaks. And listen to the words he speaks to them, because I believe they're the same words he speaks to us today. It's Isaiah 42, 16. God says, I will lead the blind by a way they do not know. In paths they do not know, I will guide them. I will make the darkness into light before them and rugged places into plains. And then notice this last part. God says, these are the things I will do and I will not leave them undone. A couple things I want you to notice about this promise, what God is promising here. God's promise is that when you can't see which way to go, He'll lead you in the way you need to go. When you don't know where you are, when you find yourself in a strange place, a, a place you've never been before, God says, I'll guide you. God says, when you're surrounded by darkness, I'll turn on the lights. And then God says, no matter what, I'm going to complete this. I'm not going to leave this undone. It is an amazing promise from God. But the question is, how do we access this promise? How do we find God's guidance for our lives? And so for the next few minutes, I just want to look very specifically at three ways that God guides us. Now, obviously, this is not an exhaustive list. God guides us and leads us in life through a, a whole lot of different ways. But I believe these are the three most common ways that God guides us in life. But before we look at these, I want you to make this really personal today. I want this to be a practical message for you today. So I want you to think of that biggest decision that you're facing right now. What's that big decision that, that you're, that fork in the road where you're trying to figure out the right thing to do? You got it in your mind? Good. So hold on to that. And as we walk through these three ways that God guides us, I want you to apply them to that decision, to that choice that you're facing. Make sense? Great. All right, let's jump in. Number one, God guides us by His Word. God guides us by His Word through Scripture, through the Bible. God's will is found in God's Word. So God is never going to lead you in a direction that contradicts His Word. God's not going to lead you to cheat on your taxes. God's not going to lead you to, to hold a grudge against somebody that hurt you. God's not going to lead you to move in with your girlfriend or boyfriend. God's not going to lead you to ignore the hurting people around you. And while we've all made choices and decisions in our life that are contradictory to God's Word, and while God's grace is more than sufficient to get us back on the right path, we just can't claim that God led us to those choices. In fact, notice what the Bible says, 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, all Scripture, all of the Bible is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. What does that mean? It means that, that God's word acts as guardrails in our life. We find God's moral will 
in His Word. And it clearly tells us the things that are in bounds and the things that are out of bounds in our lives. And these guardrails, these boundaries that God gives us in His Word, they're, they're not to, you know, because He's a cosmic killjoy and He wants to keep us from, you know, fun and enjoyable things. These boundaries are there because He loves us. Because He knows the things that seem fun, that seem right, that feel good to us in the moment can often have devastating long-term consequences for our lives. See, what you need to understand about God's Word, it's not a map for your life, but it is a compass for your life. What do I mean by that? It's that God's Word is not going to give you all the details for your life, but it will give you direction for your life. Right? You're not going to be able to look into the Bible and see a step-by-step -step map to how you should live your life. You know, you're not going to find anything in here that says, you know, go to this school take this job, marry this person, move to this city, but you will find a clear direction for your life. It's a direction that moves you more towards honoring God with your life, towards developing more of the character and heart and mind and attitude of Christ in your life. It gives you direction even when it doesn't give you the details. I think one of the things we, we need to understand is within these guardrails that God has given us for our lives, these boundaries, there's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of freedom of choices that we can make within the moral will of God. See, I, I think a lot of times we get stuck on a decision and we kind of just are at a standstill when either decision is within God's moral will and maybe God's just waiting for us to make whichever choice we desire because He can work in and through that. So that decision that you're thinking about right now, that choice that you've got to make very soon, are there any options that you're considering that are a contradiction to what God has said in His Word? If so, then you can eliminate that choice. You know, that's not where God is leading you. But if not, then maybe God has given you the freedom to make either choice. Now, uh, here's a great example of how God guides us through His Word. You know, the big issue now is the whole mask debate. You got the pro-mask, the anti-mask, and you got most of us just confused somewhere in the middle. Should we wear a mask? Does it work? Is it, you know, stifling our religious freedom? And everybody's got an opinion. And everybody's talking about it. So what's the right thing? What is the guidance that God gives us? Well, I can't find anything in Scripture about wear a mask, don't wear a mask. But what I can find are some principles, some precepts, for my life. One of those in Romans tells me that as a follower of Christ, I am to submit to the those who are placed in authority over me, that I am to follow their direction. Yeah, even if I don't agree with it, if I even if I didn't vote for them or they're not the same political persuasion as I am, you know, that, that verse was written in the context to early Christians. Their political leaders were the Jewish leaders and the Roman Empire, both of which were trying to stamp them out. We are to submit to the leaders that God has placed over us because He works through them. And the only exception to that in all of Scripture is when those leaders' direction contradict with Jesus' great commission and great command. 
like uh, Peter and John when they were pulled before the authorities and told, don't preach the name of Jesus. Well, they went out and preached the name of Jesus because those in authority were asking them to do something contradictory to the Great Commission and the Great Command. And as near as I can tell, there's nothing about wearing a mask that keeps me from loving God or loving my neighbor as myself. There's nothing that keeps me from sharing the gospel and baptizing and making disciples of all nations. You know, another principle that's in God's word on this mask issue is that I'm to be considerate of the doubts and fears of others. And it doesn't say if those doubts and fears are legitimate or if I have the same doubts and fears. And one thing I know for sure, there's a lot of people in our community that are scared. And so if I can put on a mask as a, an expression of love, of caring for my neighbor, then why would I not? I mean, I don't want to wear a mask. I hate to wear a mask. I'm not sure if a mask is helpful or not, but that's not the question. The question is, how does God's word guide me? And it guides me to submit to those in authority and to focus on the needs of others ahead of my own. God guides us by his word. But that's not the only way God guides us. He also guides us by his spirit. God guides us by his spirit. See, when I become a Christ follower, when you become a Christ follower, God places his spirit within you. It's called his Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. And, and I know for a lot of us, that just seems weird. It seems kind of strange, especially if you're not a believer or if you're a, a new believer, this idea of some spirit, you know, being inside you. It's just kind of a weird thing. And, and maybe you've seen people do things or, or act in certain ways because they were under the control of the Holy Spirit. And that's just so weird to you. But understand God's spirit. We're not talking about a possession like the exorcist or, or Emily Rose. What we're talking about with God's spirit in us is his presence, his power, and his gifts in our life. And see, God's spirit not only gives you the strength to do what he's called you to do and to be who he's created you to become, but God's spirit is also used to guide you through your life. At least that's what Jesus said. Notice John chapter 16. Jesus says, but when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will glorify me, Jesus says, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So how does that work, right? How does God guide me through his spirit? There's a couple of ways. One of the ways is that God's Spirit opens my mind to understand God's Word. That's why if you're not a believer, a lot of times the Bible's just confusing. It doesn't make any sense. It's either a bunch of dry, you know, ancient history or it's a bunch of letters or weird sayings and it, it just doesn't make sense to you. But when you have God's Spirit in you, it opens your mind and your heart to God's Word. You know, we read earlier that all scripture is inspired by God. That word inspired in some translations is God breathed. It's the Greek word pneumo, which means breath. And it's the exact same word that is used to describe God's spirit. 
See, the same Spirit of God who inspired the, the human authors who wrote God's Word is in our life to help us better understand God's Word. You know, another way that God guides us with His Spirit is something that I like to refer to as that still, small voice. That little internal nudging that either moves me towards something or away from something. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not talking about your feelings or your emotion or, or where your heart wants to take you because often those things lead you away from God. I'm talking about this nudging that leads you towards God. You know, some people might call it a, a conscience, you know, like a warning light or, or a peace that you have within when you're, you know you're doing the thing that God wants you to do. Well, I, I don't think that's your conscience. I believe that is the Spirit of God in you if you are a Christ follower. And God wants to use His Spirit to guide you to go in the direction that He is leading you in. I'll give you an example of how God has guided me with His Spirit. Back in the first part of July, as we begin to approach that very first target date for regathering for corporate worship, that July 12th date that we had set. And that week before, we sat down as a leadership team and, and all five of us in the room, our personal desires were to go back. Our emotions were to go back. In fact, the only voice in that room that was saying, don't go back, was this nudging within my heart. There's something down within me that just would not allow me to say, yes, it's time to go back. I believe that was the leading of the Holy Spirit. I, mean, I don't know, maybe it was bad pizza, but I believe it was God leading, not just me, but leading our church by his spirit. So, so let me ask you this, that, that choice that you're facing, that decision that you've been thinking about, before you make that decision, here's what I want to encourage you to do. To just step back from all of the noise around you, step back from the pressure or the opinions of others, and just get still and quiet before God and listen for that still, small voice. See, maybe the problem isn't that God's not speaking. Maybe the problem is that we're not slowing down long enough to really listen. God guides us by His Word. He guides us by His Spirit. And then a third way He guides us is by His people. God guides us by His people. You know, there's a saying in leadership that you got to ask the right person the right question at the right time to get the right answer, and that's true. And for us as Christ followers, we, we need to have the right people at the right time to influence our lives in the right direction. Notice what the Bible says in Colossians 3.16. It says, let the message about Christ and all of its richness fill your lives. And then check this out. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that you have. That's not what it says, isn't it? It says all the wisdom that he gives. God often gives us his wisdom for our lives through the godly people he places in our lives, through the other believers that we allow to have influence on our lives. 
You, you can't live the Christian life in isolation. We need people in our lives, but not just any people. You need the right people. What makes somebody the, the right person? Well, you need somebody who knows and loves God. You need somebody who knows and loves God's word. And you need somebody who knows and loves you and loves you enough to speak truth even when that truth is difficult to hear. That's why you need a home group. That's why you need a spiritual mentor. You need a small group in your life. And the great news is you can find both of those right here within your Cedar Creek Church family. And if you've not yet connected with a home group, when would you? When would be a better time? In fact, whatever platform you're watching on right now in the comment section, there's a link for you to get connected. I want to encourage you to click on that. Don't try to go through life making decisions and choices on your own. You don't have to. God wants to put people in your life who love Him, who love and know His Word, and who will love you and help guide you and give you God's wisdom for His life. So go ahead and click on that. Let us get you connected this week. And, and then if you're already in a group, do you have somebody within that group who's coming alongside you as a spiritual mentor? Somebody that's pouring into your life? Look, you, you don't need a Billy Graham or an Andy Stanley. You just need somebody who's a few steps further down the road in their faith journey. That's why the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one friend can sharpen another. So who's sharpening you? That decision, that, that choice you're facing, do you have somebody that God can speak through and guide you into His wisdom? If not, there's probably a good chance you're going to make the wrong choice because God has designed us so that we can be better together. God has designed us so that we can get wisdom and guidance through our connections as brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, you know as I close, I, I recognize that anytime we, we talk about significant life decisions that always for many of us brings up bad decisions that we've made in the past, where, where we've made the wrong choice and we often get the feeling that somehow we've permanently damaged God's plan and God's purpose for our life and that we're going to have to settle from some sort of second class, less than Christian life. But you need to understand God's will for your life is not linear. It's not just a path with forks in the road. And if you choose the wrong fork here, it's going to eliminate all these great things that God had for you if you've gone in this direction. Now, God's will is more like a spider web. And yeah, you may have taken some detours. You may have created some delays in your life. But you are always just one step away from getting back on the right path. That's how God's grace works. Now, I want to leave you with, with one last promise from God. And this promise was given to the nation of Israel in the midst of chaos that they had created by their own bad choices. And in the midst of all those bad choices they made, 
Here's what God says to them, and I believe He says to all of us today. Lamentations chapter 3 says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Maybe today is a fresh start for your life. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. As I think about all the bad decisions I've made, all the times I've, I've gone contrary to your guidance and your leading, and all the times that I've done what I wanted to do instead of listening to what you wanted to do, that God, you even work in that. I thank you for that. I pray for everyone who is watching this and listening to this today. And maybe if that's you, if you're ready for a fresh start, today could be the, a new birthday for you, a day when you step across the line of faith and ask Jesus into your life to receive forgiveness for your sins because of His shed blood on the cross. Begin a new life in a relationship with Him, allowing Him to be your shepherd, your leader, the manager and director of your life. If that's you, just, just cry out to Him. Ask Him to come into your life to forgive you of your sins. And the Bible says when you do that, you become a brand new creation. No, everything's not going to, you know, be perfect today because of that. But God's going to begin to transform you from the inside out. When He places His Spirit in you, and then you listen and follow and obey, He's going to lead you to a life you could have never imagined apart from Him. Or maybe you are a Christ follower and you've got His Spirit and you're in His Word and you're connected with others, but in spite of all that, like Moses or, or like Jonah or like Gideon, you've been resistant. But you can hear His voice today and He's calling you to make that decision as a step of faith, to trust His guidance more than your own understanding. Whatever decision you face in the future, I can promise you this, God is not playing hide and seek with His will. So Father, please move among us. We wanna hear your voice. We wanna know your will and direction for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.